0: Pod. Pod. Yes, how's it going, mate? You in Denmark then? I'm in Denmark, um, and yeah, been
1: here for 15 years in Denmark. And yeah, uh, yeah, everyone in, in the libs, they call me the most Danish English person. (laughs) around yeah I'm becoming a Viking gradually
0: (laughs) Uh, what took you over there? Uh, my wife's Danish
1: uh, so uh, yeah she wanted to move back so we moved back together right right what you met her in London? yeah we met each other about 20 years ago Um, just kind kind of before uh, Libertines kicked off and yeah and we've been together since. So um, it's really good. What's well, so your she's been there through the whole journey then? She's been there for the whole thing, yeah.
0: <laughs> Crazy sounds. For times. better or worse, yeah. Just take us back to the 90s really, John. Like, what was the build-up? What were you up to in London and how did you first meet Pete and Carl?
1: Um, I met them it was basically, uh, I went to, uh, I was kind of mates with Johnny uh, Burrell. Uh, We went to school together. And um, and at at that point we were kind of hanging out in Camden, getting up to no good. This is kind of like late nineties. And one day we met a guy called Steve, Scarborough Steve, and um, Steve was like, oh, I know these two guys, Pete and Carl, and they're amazing and and stuff like that. And you got to meet them. And he was a singer about them, Steve. Um, and so like, Steve and meanwhile, he'd been telling Pete and Carl that you know, I'd, I, I had loads of gear around my house, I mean, equipment, uh, like guitars and amps and stuff like that. And uh, so one day, yeah, Pete just knocked on the door, and um, and then we kind of took it from there, really. But um, yeah, it's funny because normally when you like join a band, you know, you rehearse for ages and then probably never end up playing any gigs or anything. But with with those with Pete and Carl, it was like we we did like one rehearsal and then we did a gig, which is kind of pretty. Uh, pretty typical really we did it we did a gig in their flat on camden road and it was uh we uh, actually we found a drummer on the way to the gig uh, so we heard some guy playing <laughs> drums and we're like i oh, can join our band so we took him with us and uh and then the electricity meter ran out halfway through the gig so we had to have a, a whip around to get to get money for the meter <laughs> very nostalgic
0: so how did you know Johnny Burrell then? yeah I went to school with
1: him uh, okay right so we were kind of like yeah me and Johnny were kind of hanging out and Pete and Carl were they were in a band and stuff and um and yeah it was kind of like well you' trying to work out who's doing what you know like do we all want to be in a band together and I think they're not sure if yeah, it ended up like, uh, just yeah, just me playing with Pete and Cole, and Johnny doing his own thing. Obviously, I think he was kind of more happy doing that. Really, he was doing like his um, kind of at like that point, he was doing like this kind of folky blues stuff on a guitar, you know. And we played for like a couple of years, um, l- played loads, and that was amazing. And um and then at one point I left the band. Um we couldn't really couldn't really seem to get any kind of deal or anything, you know, and uh and I, I left the band and then came back when they got a deal. Um so that's kinda of how it happened really.
0: But I was also reading that You always... You just wanted to play bass in a band. You're quite... You had that direction from early on kind of thing.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think, to be honest, right, it's quite... I don't know if it was kind of my wisdom or just my laziness that, you know, was just saying to me, like, no, I don't, I can't... I kind of tried tried to write songs and sing and stuff and I just didn't really like it. And I kind of thought, I just... I just want to play the bass, you know. Um, but later on, obviously, like I, I discovered the kind of joys of writing songs and um, singing songs as well. Um, but yeah, I think there's always like you know it seems to be in bands. There's always too many guitar players. You know what I mean? And there's like you kind of look at each other like, all uh, right, who's got the the least um, willpower to, to hold that, you know? it's like oh I'll, I'll play the bass yeah. <laughs> but actually I love the bass I think, I think it's great fun to play on so it's all good really
0: and obviously like hear about your kind of love for the Beatles was that was that McCartney kind of bass a bit of an inspiration for you
1: yeah definitely I mean uh, yeah you know I think just having such a kind of a prolific bass player like McCartney, because I guess up until him, um, bass players were kind of a bit in the background, but then it's kind of like it gave a possibility of, you know, you can be a bass player and also be singing a song or front a band, you know? So it's not like kind of dead end uh, role in the band, you know? Um, so definitely, yeah, definitely an influence, yeah.
0: So just in terms of that early time then, was it Pete and Carl that were writing the songs? So obviously they were quite different, ones. the whole style was quite different at that point. Mm. Um, yeah. But how were songs written and how did he get together in that, in that way kind of thing?
1: Well, I remember being like incredibly impressed by the songs, you know, because, um, you know, they had, for example, like Music and the Lights Go Out. They, they had that back then. You know, so it's kind of like wow, you know, you're suddenly hearing a song that's kind of, um, you know, really, um, really kind of a, a beautiful song, you know, with amazing lyrics and melody and stuff like that. And, you know, playing in bands before that, it was always kind of a bit, you know, it'd be pretty. Pretty good, you know, you could get good songs, but you know, not like you know, excellent songs, you know. So, I was just I remember being you know, pretty bowled over by the songs, you know, how how good
0: they were. Like you say, you struggled to get a deal. Why do you think that was at that point? I
1: think, to be honest, I think at that point it was kind of the end of Britpop, and um, and he just couldn't get arrested, you know, it was like literally. Yeah, we were we were a great band, you know, we were like, you know, we had great songs and, you know, we were wearing suits and looked cool and uh and, you know, we'd like literally go into record companies, we'd go into like food records in Camden, knock on the door, they were like sat behind their desks and we'd get the guitars out and just kind of like stuff, like playing <laughs> songs in front of them and uh, you know there's no one's at all interested you know which is kind of crazy um, you know we did that quite a few times Uh, but yeah it's just that period you know it's just i think there's there's periods when there aren't you know there's no opening for guitar bands and uh, i think i've got this feeling i've seen quite recently i've seen quite a few like good guitar bands recently so, I you know I think it's kind of coming back, hopefully,
0: That hanging around with Pete and Cal in those days like seemed like it was a good laugh. Do you ever always had a fun time running about playing all kinds of places,
1: yeah, you know what? It was just just uh, was hilarious the entire time. It was just literally just like just fun, fun and games, you know, we'd be like yeah and I remember once we were like it's <laughs> just like going to see, like, I've been at a gig or something, got on, a, got on a, the old double-deckers and, like, we started having like a sing-along, you know, we we're singing, like, we'll meet again or something like that and the entire bus is, like, singing along with us and stuff like that, and just, like, <laughs> you know, just insane, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, just just funny and just great, you know, just brilliant times because actually at that point I was kind of i I I got into kind of bad habit of taking. I was taking quite a lot of drugs um, when I was about eighteen, and um, and so when I met Pete and Carl, that kind of they really uh, they really helped me to kind of uh, get off drugs actually, <laughs> um, and they, yeah, just just by kind of um, yeah. Uh, you know, just by kind of like, I, think I, I wasn't really challenging myself in any ways, you know, I was just kind of content to, to be getting, getting fucked. And uh, and just, you know, sat in my room, you know, and, and it kind of like, they had that drive of kind of really going after their, their dreams, you know, and their ambitions. And I think that kind of, that really inspired me, you know, personally. And on a very personal level it was kind of like wow you know that that's what life's about it's about going out there trying to accomplish something you know ch- challenging yourself and accomplishing stuff and and before that you, until you see some of these good people that are doing it you know it's quite hard to believe that it's possible you know but then when you see your friends or someone that's actually managing to um to accomplish things and, and, and challenge themselves is very inspiring, you know.
0: So when you left the band that f- uh, in that late 90s, early 2000s, was that, what was the catalyst for that? Did you think it'd just gone as far as it could or you, you tried as hard as you could to get signed kind of thing?
1: Well, I think to be honest, I think we, we couldn't really get, we weren't getting signed, you know, and, um, and then after i left or just around the time that i left um that's when the um the strokes kind of came out uh, and that was i think that was also like a catalyst you know for pete and carl um so you know it's, it's anyone's guess whether you know if we'd continued playing the way we used to play um I'm sure after the time we would have, yeah, we would have um, had success with it. I'm sure of that now, but, you know, whether it would be the same amount of success, you know, I don't know. Um, So anyway, I I came back um, and, um, and, yeah, it's quite different when I came back. You know, quite. You know, it's the same, same guys in the band, same songs essentially. You know, same ideals, but um, just just in a, di- a slightly different way. You know, it's kind of a um, little bit more heavy. Uh, yeah, a bit more attitude. You know, which is I think it's a good thing
0: really. And then I was reading Carl, or I had Carl say that you guys kind of almost forced a scene by playing gigs at like the Rhythm Factory and stuff. Is that how you remember it? Did you kind of build the scene around you, kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, we had we had a kind of a scene of sorts, you know, even before we got signed when I was originally in the band, and uh, and um, it wasn't like you know it wasn't a big scene, but it was kind of it was amazing you know it's a kind of like a big you know like uh just like a group of people like-minded people that were kind of out to to have fun you know um so yeah i mean i don't know to be honest how much it was forced you know i think maybe in some ways it was um but you know i think uh i think people you know they they uh yeah they've obviously wanted to follow the band you know and um and see um you know be uh inspired by by a band you know so that's kind of what it boils down to really i think
0: and i'll also reading that you're actually on the cover of enemy before you even released a single is that right i mean what was that like
1: yeah i remember like it's kind of i guess it's like you know it's just a, a dream come true isn't it it's kind of the impossible uh the, um accomplished accomplished you know and uh So, you know, we were kind of incredibly uh, uh, wary of, you know, like looking good or whatever, you know, and um, after a while you just let that go, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah, no, I mean, it was, um, yeah it was just like you know you're just kind of buzzing off it or you know it's just you're just vibing off it you know that kind of that that um um you know dreams going into fulfillment you know you just get a buzz of it you know it's what you know what you've striven for and you're actually getting it you know it's um it's quite magic um but then you know obviously in the history of the band you can see that it kind of went a bit wrong uh, shortly after that
0: but you're just able to enjoy that attention while it's happening just because you hear some bands kind of say you know they're a bit wary of getting that attention early on but I can imagine you guys are just loving it really
1: (laughs) yeah I think I was probably the most wary of it I imagine but I'm kind of wary of everything yeah, I'm quite a, <laughs> quite a cautious character, but I think yeah, I think um, no, I mean generally I think you know that it's just that kind of confidence, isn't it? It's like you knowing you know we're a great band, and you know we deserve to be on the front cover of Enemy, you know because I think that's that's more than anything, you know, is that um, uh the you know, self belief of, you know, Pete and Carl, you know, that just, to, just to think, well, it's good, you know, we shouldn't be worried about it because, well, you should be worried about it, but in in some ways, you know, we put in the hours and um, we played so many gigs and, you know, if we're not ready now, we'll never be ready for it, you know, so, um, yeah, n- no no holding back. Really?
0: And I don't know if, if it's at the same time, but I think I saw you say that Like at one point Pete was frustrated that he was the only one that was taking responsibility for the band in terms of songwriting. Um, I don't know if that was before you rejoined or not. Did I say that? I think say, there's a point where he felt like he was leading it in terms of songwriting or something like that.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if it's in well, it probably it maybe in terms of songwriting, but more. I think you know, I, I imagine like a, a healthy band is one where, you know, everyone in the band is is taking responsibility for it, you know. And I, could say personally, I I wasn't taking any responsibility for the band really. You know, maybe for my for my own input, yeah but you know just just really kind of um yeah just responsibility for you know the fact that everyone in the band is happy everyone is um you know we're we're um we're all enjoying it for example which that you know that i think now as a band we're we're, we're um we're all a lot more aware of each other's feelings you know and it, you know and um, prioritizing um you know our friendship and people's happiness you know more than the band uh because because that's more important you know it's more important that everyone in the band is having a good time you know everyone in the band is 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 you know is, is feeling good and in a good place you know because if they're not what's the point in doing it you know what's the point in being in the band in the first place if no if if one person not enjoying it or two people aren't enjoying it so that that kind of i guess that that comes with age you know that maybe as well um you know i, I you know for my own for myself you know i've started practicing buddhism um you know back in yeah 2004 or five or something so that's also kind of helped me prioritize uh get my priorities straight with with regards to um being banned and and living life and stuff like that you know that's that's definitely helped me
0: Yeah, do you think uh, the whole band's kind of I don't know, I suppose you you get wiser as you get older and like learn just learn from your past I guess, don't
1: you? Yeah you know, I think you know, mistakes there's you know, nothing you can do about them but you can you can learn from them, you know and you can decide not to repeat them you know we we had a lot of mistakes and and a lot of uh, a lot of suffering you know in a band so we should be uh in a good position to uh to not repeat them if we you know if we decide not to repeat them and we haven't you know the last since we reformed it's been a kind of very gradual process of um you know, just uh, just really kind of learning each other, uh, uh, getting to know each other again, and um, and doing doing things a bit differently. You know, not doing the same patterns of um, you know destructive patterns. You know, which we all have. We've all got our own tendencies to do shit or to do things right or wrong. So I think, um, yeah. I mean, like you know, you see when we first reformed, you know, it was. I think everyone's in a different place, but you know, um, now we're at a stage where, you know, we we're on tour and we'll just we'll just go out together and hang out together, you know, like like we used to do when we were like when we were young, um, which is. Uh, it's really, yeah, it's really exciting, you know, getting, to your, get, getting your old mates back, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: That's the thing, I think, like, a lot of people, like, you don't, you know, you, you, a lot of people, you, know, you end, end up growing up and getting jobs, and, you know, you can't, you're never allowed to kind of hang out with your mates in the same way, but being in, in a band... You know, it's like that you actually get an excuse to go out and pretend that you're, like, 20 years old again for your (laughs) mates. Andrew Selfidge on
0: Instagram asked about you singing basically like uh in know first incarnation of the band you were singing were you kind of happy to take a step back once the band was signed
1: um no not very happy about that no I, I was kind of yeah i was um yeah i think to be honest i wasn't really like in a position to uh to really complain about it but um yeah. I mean it was quite hard for me. It was quite hard for me. Um but actually, you know, I think to be honest, you know, just just seeing um how great Pete and Carl are as frontmen, you know, that that kind of the after point you think, well actually has yeah, probably probably a good thing really. You know, because they're, they're they're really good at doing that. You know, so um, so it's got to the point now. I'm like, I I'm very happy um, doing what I'm doing, just playing the bass, doing some backing vocals and stuff. Um, so yeah, now I've dealt with that, you know, at the time it was kind of hard, but um, yeah, so it's all good now.
0: I so it's nice to have your side projects where you can you can do all that as well.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I love my, you know, I really love my side project, you know, because it just, um, I find it actually is quite challenging, you know, to, to, um, to go out and do it. Um, but it really gives me something creatively, you know, kind of, um, I feel, um, just like really kind of high off it, you know, doing, doing my own projects. Um, so i'm just like we've got a, we've got our first rehearsal on saturday with my april rainers band um we haven't, we haven't uh played together for for ages and we've got loads of new songs we're gonna do up the new songs for the album rehearse them up um so yeah i'm really, it's really really excited about it yeah
0: yeah they where where are those guys from do you meet them in denmark or is it a bit of a mix
1: yeah i met them um i met them all in denmark um james who's the guitar player he um he's british as well um so we like these kind of expats you know in in aarhus in denmark um, but yeah i mean there and then there's the jakob who's danish and erland who's norwegian um, so it's a bit of a mix, really. But um, yeah, they were kind of they're they're great guys, and they're they're, they're very very talented as well um, in uh, their own solo stuff as well. So uh, yeah, I'm very fortunate. Oh,
0: I nice one. Look forward to new stuff.
1: Yeah, and no, it's going to be great. Man. It's going to be great.
0: Yeah, and you, you obviously mentioned the strokes and they're kind of influence um and obviously you went on tour with them at one point but how someone asked i think magnitude cut on instagram asked how personally you were into the likes of the strokes and other bands of that ilk
1: well i think if the, the strokes album um was it was pretty uh, pretty good really you know, I remember like, I was working in a little secondhand bookshop at the time and they had a record player and they had it on vinyl. So I just sat there every day listening to this and, and everyone was listening to it, you know, obviously. Everyone of our generation was kind of listening to that. And, um, and, yeah, I mean, it's not really my type of music 100%, but at the same time, yeah, it's definitely good, really good. Special. Um, So apart from that, I don't think think there was anything before that. Really, that was kind of like, um, you know, when God created the world. Really, you know, it was kind of uh, the (laughs) the starting point. Uh, And then after that, there was there were quite a few bands. I mean, obviously, like. Franz Ferdinand or um, yeah, White Stripes or um, can't think of any more.
0: <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean there were there were there were there were a few bands as well. We used to play with a band called the Beatings, who were kind of at that time. They were kind of in the enemy a lot at the same time as we were, and and they were really good actually. They were good, but. Uh, didn't quite kick off um, in the same way uh, as libertines did
0: but what about playing and touring with the likes of the strokes and the vines was that like an exciting time like it was i imagine it's pretty pretty buzzing at that point
1: yeah definitely i mean when you say touring we did two gigs with the strokes
0: uh, okay right but it was
1: a big deal you know it was a really big deal for us and at that point they were just literally like just broken through and they were just like completely buzzing off it. Um so, um yeah, you know, we owe them a lot of uh, we owe them a lot, you know, for for our own band. Um and that that should be acknowledged really for, you know, their their inspiration. Um So, yeah, thank you very much to the (laughs)
0: Strokes. I remember reading, I don't know if you read that Meet Me in the Bathroom book, about all the kind of American bands. But I think Julian Casablanca said they never really hung out with you guys much, but I guess if you're only playing two gigs, it's not much of an opportunity to...
1: Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't really blame them, to be honest. It's not like, uh, really, I mean, what's in it for them, really? I mean, at that point, obviously, like it'd be different if you're, you know, a bit older person and interested in other things. But at that age, when you're kind of like, you just want to, you know, be in a band and play music and uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the kid. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they were. I think they were very kind of involved with what was going on for themselves. You know, at that time um but yeah we were all like a lot younger right it's like you know now i remember back when, when the libertines started you know um my my mate um guy he plays in he used to play in a band called 80s uh, matchbox beeline disaster yeah and uh and they supported us and um And then, like, years later, I met him on a Buddhist course, you know, because he's a Buddhist as well. And he came up to me and was like, yeah, John, do you remember when I met you at the gig? And he's like, no, not really. He said, yeah, you kind of blanked me. (laughs) 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 I was kind of, it was a different, I was a different kind of person back then. He was would be like, you know, whatever. Uh, So, but now... You know, I've, I've kind of I'm have turned the leaf. You know, I'm a different person. So, got a lot more time for you know other people, apart from just myself. But uh, you know, but I'd say it's you know when you're like involved when your bands, you know, you you kind of you're in a band, it's all kicking off. Everything's good, and you kind of, and and then it's quite hard not to just, just get a bit kind of. Uh, focused in on yourself I guess um, yeah it's a bit of a struggle
0: yeah I just wanted to ask about recording because I saw Gordon Raphael said that he did some sessions with the Libertines at some point is that right? The Strokes producer
1: uh, I don't know if he ever recorded with the Libertines but I, uh, he yeah. recorded my band, my old band Yeti He he's very very kindly let us he had a studio back then in in the east end of london and he very kindly just gave us studio time um which is very cool of him uh i can't remember him doing any libertines but could be completely wrong so yeah probably am
0: (laughs) i'm pretty sure he said he did but obviously i don't know the details of it um but then, yeah, Bernard Butler from Suede, what was it like working with him?
1: Um, yeah, I think it was quite interesting, his work ethic, because, um, you know, he's a very kind of you know professional uh, work ethic, which is very inspiring, actually. You know, I think just, just to see someone who, basically doesn't give a shit about anything else apart from the music, really, uh, which is inspiring. But I think um, it wasn't really, at that point, it wasn't really the kind of, the match made in heaven with, with the Libertines, really. And and I know that Pete, for example, he found it very hard to work in that way. You know, it was all about Pete was all about kind of just capturing the vibe you know that's what it's all about the, just that energy and the vibe and um, and when you're kind of when you're tracking stuff individually you know to a click track and it's just kind of not really what, where he was at uh, at that point so they kind of yeah it didn't really The um, the atmosphere was a bit heavy sometimes really um, but then we had obviously Mick Jones who was the other end of the scale who kind of only really cared about capturing the the vibe at the time in the studio and, and creating that kind of vibe, you know and actually didn't give a shit about anything else which is really cool in another way
0: Yeah, I was reading uh, you ended up recording about 20 songs for that first album is that right? Yeah,
1: yeah we did a lot yeah, I remember they kept on being a little bit annoyed because Pete and, Pete and Carl kept on wanting to do all these kind of obscure songs that we hadn't played for ages and hadn't rehearsed for ages, right? So suddenly, like, being thrown on like, another swerve ball, and you're like, oh, fuck, how does that one go? You know, it's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, it's not really what you want to know, the parts, right? That's what I wanted, I'd like, I'd prefer to go in there knowing exactly what I'm going to do and do it, you know, but... um Yeah, that's kind of the way uh, we've always worked as a band, you know, it always ends up being a kind of rehearsal, come recording session and our recordings, um, which is cool because I guess the other, I mean, the plus side is that the, the songs are so fresh that when you kind of, you're literally rehearsing up a song, and you just get it, bam! You get it when it hits that kind of to t- that absolute kind of the birth of the the live song. You know, it's just like yeah, there it is, boom! And then kind of, you know, you could maybe improve on certain uh, parts in the song, but you know, just that that excitement of, of having a song that's kind of standing up on its own, you know, is kind of is is great to to capture that as well i've done that a couple of times with um only a few times where you've kind of just written a song and um and you you're basically rehearsing it and then recording it and it, it gives it, you kind of forced to kind of step out of yourself a bit more with it as well because you don't know how you can't quite remember the lyrics and you can't you don't know if you can sing it properly or so you kind of um can force you to to to, to play it in a in a slightly more desperate way and you know, something else comes out of it, you know.
0: And, you know, we've talked a lot about producers on the podcast, and, you know, like, it's almost like a football manager who knows how to get the best out of the players. It was like Mick Jones, a bit like that with you guys, he knew how to, like, get you going, kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a um, very good point. I think it's just kind of being able to, um, yeah, provide an atmosphere of you know a relaxed atmosphere you know where where people feel comfortable about being there about being recording and obviously choosing the right the right take you know and um and stuff like that and track uh, uh, the order of the tracks and stuff like that um But, yeah, I think... I mean, the the role of producer is very, very varied, you know. I think um, nowadays some producers do everything, you know. They write the songs and they arrange the songs and play on the songs and do everything, you know. So other producers don't do much at all, really. So uh, it's a bit of a loose term, really, producer. But it's someone that's, yeah going to get results in the studio, if, you know, it's got a kind of um, um, overview of, of what's going on.
0: Was it quite a rapid process then, if you're all playing live, were you able to like hammer it out kind of thing? Like how, how long did it take?
1: Normally it would take about, probably, you know, it could take a half a day or a day to, to kind of rehearse up a new song or even, you know, finish the song in the studio.
0: Um, okay so you were writing in the studio then yeah
1: yeah well they especially like lyrics and stuff like that you know finishing the lyrics off on the fly
0: when you sit down and listen to it at the end of recording are we all quite happy with it
1: i don't think we ever did really i think i've um it was only you know 10 15 years after that i actually kind of sat down and listened to it really I think um, it's all kind of like yeah it's quite uh, quite raw you know so um, yeah I can listen to it now in a different way but I don't I I don't really like listening to my own stuff much really there's a few bits and bobs
0: I guess you're always going to I don't know hear things you could improve kind of thing if it's your own work
1: yeah I mean you're normally your own greatest critic isn't it it's like stuff that probably doesn't mean anything to other people but it kind of be quite painful to listen to but um, yeah no, I can appreciate it now you know definitely um, yeah but th- that was kind of you know like I was at a different point back then you know I was kind of like not Really able to, to 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 have that perspective over it all, and and uh, so. But now, yeah, nowadays, you know, like when we had, you know, sit down and listen to the last album, for example, I can I can um, I can do that um, uh, with a bit more kind of. Um, I think we you know rehearsed it all a lot more. Um, so I kind of, uh, yeah, it's probably, probably a bit more
0: comfortable with it, you know. And, you know, you mentioned Johnny Burrell, just because I was going back through your listening party that you did for both albums, actually, uh, the Tim Burgess thing on mm. Twitter. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think Carl said, you know, I, I always thought it was a thing that uh, the boy Johnny was about Johnny Burrell, but he was saying it was about John Lydon what's what's the truth
1: (laughs) um i don't i don't know actually to be honest um uh, well that's a book that's called the boiler to
0: johnny isn't it? so he's just always the kind of But then again yeah you
1: kind of think well yeah it probably is about johnny bro i imagine i don't know i don't know i didn't write it and
0: uh
1: I guess it could be about more than one person as well. You know, sometimes you kind of, um, you can have different people that inspire the track. It could be about both of them, you know, or about himself or, you know, it could be about those different
0: things. Ah, true, yeah. <laughs> um, but you played with the Sex Pistols at one point as well, didn't you? Yeah. Were you a Sex Pistols fan or not really?
1: Yeah. I mean it was uh it was funny, because when we came on stage, uh, we had these like red jackets on. kinda uh, kinda of, kind of, um hunting jackets, know, military jackets and um and all the old punks they were going they were all singing yellow submarine <laughs> like like because <laughs> they they thought we looked like the Beatles, you know, taking the piss. And then when we took him off, then they kind of like, oh yeah, they were right, actually. Not they're not too bad. <laughs> I think they kind of thought it was all right. Um, but yeah, I remember just walking past Johnny Light in the corridor, and we were walking the other way, and he's like, he was with his security guard, and he just went to, he's like, libertines, keep an eye on them. <laughs> to his uh, to his security guard.
0: Uh. Just for more from that listening party I saw. They you actually played stand-up bass for Radio America, was it?
1: Yeah. I'll tell you what, my fingers were absolutely... I had these really bad blisters on my fingers after that. So the rest of the recording session was really painful because I had like, <laughs> these like, huge blisters on my fingers. Never played the double bass before or since. Um, But yeah, I'd like to play it again, actually. They do look good. You just don't wanna to have to lug it about on the tube, you know what I mean? It's the problem with the double bass. <laughs>
0: yeah. Look like just look like a massive hipster.
1: Yeah, right, yes. Yeah. Uh yeah, not much fun to carry
0: by yeah. And then Boys in the Band, that I think you said that was quite a challenging song to play live, is it?
1: Um yeah. Yeah, it's quite complicated, uh the arrangement on it. Um but um yeah it's always uh yeah it's really complicated actually <laughs> but it's a good tune
0: yeah I like the video you're doing it on jules holland really really good was that a big deal for you at the time or just part of what was going on really? well
1: it's kind of like a t- tv is like that's kind of weird as well you know it's kind of like you, it's, I feel, you know you, kind of get a bit dazed by the lights you know and you're just waiting around for hours and hours and hours then and you got you got like 3 minutes and you just got to be good um it's kind of a bit weird
0: i think if you had the most active fans i've ever seen on Jules Holland i think <laughs> 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 getting involved and like jumping on Gary and stuff yeah it's quite funny to watch i think it's a queens and eyes yeah uh, i think it might have
1: been uh, them actually yeah to be honest
0: thanks for listening to this episode of 22 grand pod if naughty's guitar music is your thing then you might enjoy our patreon page where for three pound a month you will get access to the following series the naughty's deep dive where we go through the likes of the stalking pete doherty documentary in painful detail my favourite 2000s album, where patrons and other guests come on to talk about their favourite album of the era. Legend or Landfill, in which we go through enemies' top 10 albums of each year from 2001 and see if we think they are indeed legendary or for the landfill. Unsigned stories, where we chat to bands that didn't quite make it in terms of signing that elusive record deal. We also have fan stories, where I talk to people about their memories and opinions on all things Naughty's Indie. You also get early access to any main podcast episodes, and it's also worth checking out the YouTube page where you can see extended video versions of the interviews as well as plenty of other bits of commentary and opinion. All links are in the description. Now back to the pod. Do you enjoy how like how much of a community it was between the band and the fans? Is that kind of obviously an ethos of the band?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing is, you know, like, it's like literally when we started out, uh there was no internet really and then and by the time we got signed there was the internet and um and I think like to be honest I think Pete was quite wily about using it you know uh, in a good way you know just like he was always like always like posting shit on the, on the website you know He come back from the gig and he's like posting stuff like what are you doing (laughs) was like oh yeah just (laughs) just like really i think he really enjoyed it though you know he just loved that kind of side of just you know the excitement of being in the band and the fans and the band and the, the dynamic between the two i think he like loves that you know not in a kind of egotistical way but just you know just loves people you know so uh yeah, it's pretty, but I, I don't, I mean, I don't, to be honest, I don't know if there were, I, don't, I didn't know any other bands that were doing that at that time, really. And I think, like, you know, just doing postings on you know, like, I was doing a gig tonight in Bedford, you know, and then just doing a gig in Bedford. I don't don't think other bands were doing that, you know. Probably were somewhere in the world, but we, did, we didn't know about any other ones.
0: How did that work for you then? Was it like you would be in a rehearsal studio or something, and Pete would be like, "Oh, let's do a gig tonight yeah. or something." Oh, yeah, it's right. it
1: quite annoying, really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, it was a bit like, "Oh, not again." <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, because those gigs, they were all just like complete, complete chaos. You know, you go down there and it's just like nothing worked. But, um, but again, then you can you think actually this is amazing. You know, halfway through the gig, you think, "Fucking, this is brilliant." So, but, you know, there's all that kind of resistance that was there as well.
0: And just one more about the recording. I just read a couple of you, I think you and Carl were saying about Danny Goffrey running in the studio doing a leotard at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah, like a Superman costume. I don't remember that, but... No I, no, I do, actually. I do remember it. Um, it was very weird. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I was like... I used to, when I was a kid, he used to uh, live up the road from my mum's house. And um, so I remember like knocking on his door when I was a teenager to get his autograph, you know. <laughs> and he was very nice actually, he gave me his autograph and I was very polite. Um, but yeah, then, then getting to the point where you're kind of hanging out together and stuff, that was also uh, pretty special.
0: But there were a few like older bands that kind of took a shine to kind of thing. I think like no guy, like I said he was always a fan and stuff like that,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean um I think, yeah, I think Noah's really good at kind of um you know getting engaged with new bands, you know that um and not you know no um sort of uh you know, coming down to the same level and meeting bands and and, and hanging out with them and stuff. Yeah, so it's, it's you know, it's um, it's a, it's, it's an amazing um, privilege to 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 meet um, um, musicians that you've kind of um, you know idolized in your youth. You know,
0: and then you know when the when the album comes out and it's going down well and everything, you kind of feeling. You know that the band's going in the right trajectory like this is this is all going pretty well or how do you remember the time kind of thing
1: yeah yeah um definitely yeah yeah you, you kind of um hmm yeah I think um yeah it's sort of uh there was definitely um yeah a uh a kind of a great positivity about everything um and uh and yeah and uh unfortunately yeah it wasn't it wasn't uh, maintained um we won't be able to maintain that at a time. it's just <laughs> the way it is really isn't it it's like you know what can you do but um yeah. yeah, you know, you just just um, just try and use that for something positive now, isn't it? You can relate to a lot of other people that are in the similar situation now. You know, it's like you can meet people, and you know, you've you've had that experience, and because of that, you're you're able to um, to identify with them and relate to them and advise them, encourage them, you know, because you because you've, you've been through that shit you've had to do that so that's one positive you know yeah. and you learn from it as well, well
0: So um, I saw you post the thing about the Top of the Pops um, The Time for Heroes um, but it was another time where you know you're doing it without Pete like, how strange was it doing gigs without him
1: um, I think it was hardest obviously for Carl actually and he would be um, after the gig he would be physically sick after we came off stage it wasn't you know he didn't enjoy doing that at all you know and um so uh for myself you know just like i say i wasn't really kind of really taking responsibility for it all so you know i just kind of you know just uh obviously it was uh very very weird you know Um, but uh, you know whether we should have uh, just stopped the band you know that's probably the um, probably would have been a better thing to do really just to just to stop it you know would have been
0: hard hard decision a hard call And, yeah, was there one point where, I don't know, Pete either threatened to get boot you and Gary out or he did at one point or something? Yeah.
1: I think it happened a couple of times. There's one time in Japan that, um, that we got, um, I think we got thrown out. Or, well, we didn't really get thrown out, but he wanted to throw us out, or something. <laughs> but, you know. Oh, yeah. It's just kind of, it's there's just bullshit, really. And it? it's like I, I don't think I don't think he really would have wanted to throw us out. I don't think. Yeah. But um, not one of my fondest memories of the of the time. <laughs> yeah, fair enough.
0: Yeah, and obviously like that strange, a bit of a strange time leading into recording the second album. Um, like quite unstable or whatever, playing gigs and stuff. <laughs> Did you find that you grew closer with like people like Gary, who, you know, like you're, I guess you're the, the backline of the band that are always together while there's other things going awry, kind of thing?
1: Well, I think the interesting thing is because in the interim of having broken up with a band, you know, you, you kind of, well, personally, had to kind of go back to uh, normality again. Uh, for a while and um, and there's not many people that have had well there's actually there's no one that's had that experience of being in the, the libertines apart from the people in the libertines right so when you see each other again it's quite joyful because you've kind of been through the same shit as each other you know so it's quite deep that bond you know that you have but yeah, I mean, I think like you know our, our friendships, you know, really, uh, yeah, they 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 they, they they've they're, they're quite deep, and you know, like you have to, like I was saying, you know, after having broken up for ten years, and you get back together, and you're kind of, yeah, you, know, you know, it's you know be a little bit wary about opening up you know to each other and then then you kind of gradually kind of yeah okay yeah we can we can yeah this is kind of okay you know no one's like getting upset or I'm not getting upset you know um so you kind of gradually just rebuild that trust again you know and um so yeah it's um yeah, some some uh, some pretty deep friendships there in the band, which is great, you know. Very privileged, yeah. And I just find them so funny, you know. All the guys in the band, they're just hilarious. You know, just constantly pissing myself with laughter, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was watching the film No Innocent Bystanders. Oh, yeah. And uh, that really comes across that much of a laugh you're together, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's always funny.
0: And then with that second album, I saw you saying you didn't know quite a lot of the songs that were going to go on until you got in the studio. Is that right?
1: No, no, I didn't know. Um, Well, we didn't, we didn't, um, we just turned up there and I had no idea what we were going to record. Um, But it turned out that Pete and Carl had written a few songs and they uh, had a few ideas for songs that they finished off, a few old ones as well. So I think they must have had an idea, obviously, uh what we're going to do. Yeah, I mean, can only really, like, see, you know, um, have a, know, have an overview if you're kind of really taking responsibility for the band, you know, and then, then you will have an overview of what's going on, um, but which I didn't have... Um, so uh yeah, but I'm j I'm very excited about doing um doing a new album and I, I hope I hope it's not gonna be too long, you know. We've um okay. we've definitely got a lot of uh um tunes knocking around. You know, so we're, we're just um
0: trying to gauge the right time to do it really. Did I read you were gonna do that in South America or something?
1: We were going to actually, we had a plan to go to the studio and then they booked a gig and we had five days off, we were going to go hang out in some tree house in Colombia and, and finish the album, but then they booked a gig, which we kind of had to do. Yeah,
0: just a few more questions about the second album, like obviously a bit of a mad dynamic with bouncers in there and then I saw you saying something about there was a fight on day one or something of recording there was a fish fight on day one
1: (laughs) which is pretty surreal not really the kind of ideal circumstances to record an album you know but I think you know I feel like Gary was saying I think they, they, they had to kind of get out with that you know, extreme frustration and and anger that they had at each other before they could like sit down and and record together.
0: Yeah, like clear the yeah. air <laughs> in the physical way. Yeah, uh...
1: yeah, probably better ways of doing it, but they <laughs> kind of, kind of they must have worked. Kind of, it really helps. Maybe just get like some kind of counselling
0: or something. <laughs> A band counsellor, yeah. Is that almost what the producers become sometimes? Like how big a role did Mick Jones play in getting things done?
1: He was a bit like the band counsellor, actually, Jonesy, at one point. I think he was, he actually tried to break it up, I think. It's like, no, don't fight each other, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's Gary that said something like, Alan McGee brought in the bouncers to keep Pete and Carl apart, but then Mick Jones was the one that brought them back together. I think that's where way he put it. I like that
1: it's a good <laughs> sound point yeah.
0: yeah what was Alan McGee like to work with Like, how big an impact did he have
1: he was um, well I thought he was great you know he was um, he was brilliant you know yeah lovely guy as well really really cool guy and um, very very clever you know he um managed to yeah get that second album out of us you know and that was no mean feat at that point yeah i mean that was a pretty uh momentous uh task really that you managed to do so yeah thanks Alan.
0: i think gary said you're doing like he said like nine tracks in one day you're doing or something mad <laughs>
1: nine, <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs>
0: uh, was it a case of just when it's working just like try and get as many many done as you could kind of thing
1: yeah it might have just been kind of um, just getting the kind of ideas down I don't, I don't know if they were actually I don't know if it was the um, intention to actually record the tracks properly nine of them in one day
0: but yeah, is, it, is it the strangest time you've had recording an album
1: Yeah, I mean, they've all been good, actually. I mean, the one in Thailand was, um, that was brilliant as well. You know, that's, uh, you know, I think there's all like, they've all got kind of different, um, very different circumstances for, for all the three albums, you know, like we were in very different places when we recorded them.
0: And the cover, like, I saw Gary saying how much he didn't like the cover, and Pete said he didn't. What, what are your thoughts on it?
1: I think it's a good photo. It's definitely a striking photo. Um, yeah, I think it's good. Good album cover. I mean, it does like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good.
0: It's, a good yeah, photo. it's definitely fair iconic. Home. Yeah, but yeah, I remember like Pete saying like when the, when the best stuff was brought out, there wasn't much say from the band. <laughs> is that right? Was that more of a record company? Thing?
1: Yeah, we didn't know it was coming out. I think it just came out. <laughs> uh, the best of two albums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But what are your thoughts on that album gets done? Are you like, are you thinking, all right, well, we're gonna have we're gonna have a tour? Or is it just a case of seeing what happens?
1: Well, when when that album came out.
0: Yeah, was it like, oh, right, now we're going to, you know, get it back together and start playing Sure, I obviously did play gigs, but it's very, like, fractious still. Um, did you think that album might repair some relationship moving forward kind of thing?
1: I mean, it was a pretty, um, it was a hard time. You know, it was, I think it was, it felt like a quite heavy period, you know, and... And I, you know, I wasn't even that involved with all the disputes and stuff like that. You know, I tried to stay kind of neutral and out of it. So I mean, for for um, for Pete and Carl, it must have been incredibly uh, traumatic period. Um, I have no idea what what their their expectations were with it. I was um, kind of going along with whatever people wanted to do um but you know it wasn't like to be honest um uh, at the same time i think everyone was you know still excited about doing it and buzzing off it you know and you know everything so there there was there was kind of there was a parallel thing going on where you had like you say you know had a lot of success on one hand and the other hand you had a lot of personal problems and issues um so there, there was a kind of it was a uh, it was a bit of a um, a battle between these two uh, paradoxes. This paradox, you know. Um, so I don't know what the other guys were thinking at the time, but I would you know I was, I was um, just kind of still buzzing off it all, and you know we still had, um, you know you can still um, have uh, feelings of. Um, you know, the, the, when when the music's working and stuff, you can still feel great about that. You know, even though you're not seeing eye to eye to eye on a personal level. So I think we we're obviously happy when it's when it was sounding good and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, when it goes to number one, that's obviously yeah. It's not even bad. for a band of your stature, it must be a good feeling still, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: I saw something about the Black Eyed Peas being next door to you when you're recording that album as well, or something. <laughs> Don't know if that's true.
1: Uh, yeah, thought, yeah, it's like a tommy kitten or something like that.
0: <laughs> you know, when things don't work out with Pete being in the band, um, was it just a case of playing gigs that you were contractually obliged to do, kind of thing? Was that was that the feeling at the time?
1: Um, yeah, we had to. We did. Uh, I think we 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 toured. Uh, we toured we toured it and um, and it got to a point where um, Carl um, couldn't really face doing it anymore and um, and then we had our final gig you know that was uh, it was in Paris or something like
0: that did you know it was going to be the last one then yeah I think so I think that
1: we, we kind of knew that yeah
0: yeah was that like a band decision? Obviously.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. And then, how quickly did you kind of form Yeti and like get that on the road?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that was. Um, I felt quite, um, quite protected really because um, I started uh, Yeti um, a couple of, probably like back in two thousand and four or something like that um as a side as a side project and suddenly you know I was, I was starting to feel kind of inspired to write songs and um and uh and start my own band, you know, suddenly could see the potential in myself and, and in in doing the project. Um so by the the, the kind of end of the Libertines I had something, you know, I had something to hold on to. Um, So I was very fortunate in that way. I I had something to focus on my energies on, you know. um, So that, um, yeah, you know, just, it was kind of, you kind of, you imagine, oh, right, well, everything's gonna be simple now because, you know, there isn't this horrible um, conflict and the band and stuff like that but this doesn't quite that's the thing about it. it's like karma isn't it it's kind of like you can when I mean, you're karma. you can go to another country or another place but you still got the same shit in your life that's going on because it's all the reflection of your inner life you know it's kind of like so like i kind of imagine okay I'll just do my own band everything will be simple you know and no problems and um, but then then you find out well actually it's not quite that simple and and in fact you know a lot of the problems are due to me you know and uh, they're part of who I am and my my shit and my tendencies and and they just they don't just disappear because you're not playing the libertines Um, you still got them you you still have to deal with them and so you know that those years after the libertines uh broke up they were they were quite hard you know because um you kind of unwittingly built your identity on on this band and being part of a band being john from the libertines or whatever and um and and that's gone you know that's gone suddenly um so uh you have to kind of, you have to find, you know, something else to rely on, you know, something else to, uh, that you can trust, you know, and, um, and, uh, you know, and that, that, so it's kind of building up from ground zero in many ways for me, you know, just kind of discovering my humanity again, you know, as a person, you know, who am I, you know, really? You know I'm, I'm okay i was in a band blah, blah, but actually ultimately i'm i'm a human being uh, amongst other human beings and i you know i have i've i have to um i have to kind of move on from that you know and and um and again and make a new path forward you know which is quite quite hard and I'm sure i'm sure it's hard for all the guys in the band really i imagine um, so yeah again luckily i had um i had my band i had my buddhist practice as well and i had my wife um so yeah you kind of um yeah just trying to challenge myself within the band you know especially um in buddhism you call it your human revolution where you kind of you overcome your kind of negative tendencies uh, um and by winning over them you kind of uh, you can also create your own happiness you know it's like your obstacles are actually um they provide you the uh, a source they're like a source of growth for yourself and they're not just something negative to see it see but actually they're actually something positive um and so you know you kind of after you know a lot of years of you know you know kind of challenging fights and battles personal battles you know you kind of you, you start kind of carving out you know rediscovering your identity as a, as a human you know and in your your own potential whether you're whether you're in a band or not you know it's kind of I'm still okay you know as even if if I'm not in a band, you know, I'm still, you know, my, my, my life is still valuable anyway, you know, there's, um, so, but then, then fortunately, yeah, we got back together again, which has just been, um, just came out of the blue, you know, and it was kind of like, um, something that, um, I, I never thought it was going to happen again. And then it suddenly it does, and it's like super exciting. You know, and it's like, wow, that's kind of deep down. You've missed it a lot. You know, you've really missed playing in Libertines. And um, so it's, uh, it's a great privilege, you know, that you kind of get to tour about and play music and, and um, you know, share your evening with, with other people.
0: What was the first sign of the band getting back together? Like, do you remember how it first happened? I heard about it. Well,
1: to be honest, it wasn't... I got a call from, like, a lawyer or something like that, which which wasn't that kind of... wasn't, like, the best way of finding out, to be honest. It's kind of like, yeah, lawyers, probably lovely people, but, you know, the... uh, job can be quite a, quite soul destroying I imagine sometimes uh, yeah but you know um, it wasn't personal at all but it was kind of um, uh,
0: yeah but yeah it was just something you didn't see happen it, sir?
1: no absolutely I'd kind of I, I kind of blocked it out you know it's like you kind of yeah, I guess it's is such a kind of big thing that um you can't really um you can't uh, you can't uh, process it all. So you have to block it out. So you kind of uh, you just just try and forget about it all, you know. That's that's my method of dealing with it, which is
0: And <laughs> move to Denmark, yeah.
1: No very really, good one. Yeah, move to Denmark, become a farmer's owner. Uh <laughs>
0: Was that, um, so that a press conference there that's in, "No as Bystanders, was that actually the first time you'd all got together or, or had you seen each other before then?
1: Uh, I can't remember, um, maybe. Yeah, I think it was quite an important point that because it was almost like, you know, how, you know, how are we gonna, be with each other you know from now on you know it's this new do we you know are we just going to end up like just killing each other or <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right. or are we going to try and do something else with, you know with this um, and um, and so like yeah I thought it was a very funny conference you know uh, but it was, quite, it was quite important you know I think you, you know how you start something or restart something is very important you know the first you know if you can get that right, then it kind of sets out for everything else you know so I think it was it was important, and I think it was good it was a good conference
0: and you know at the end of the film it's quite interesting, like with Carl saying, I don't know they still f- feel a bit unsure about each other at the end of the film, but that's obviously must have improved since then to the point where, you know, you're going to make a third album.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, like their, 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 you know, their history is, um, uh, is kind of as well known, you know, the amount of problems they had. So, you know, obviously, they, uh, there's a lot to overcome now. But it just keeps getting better, you know. And um, and we're we we're, we're a happy band, you know. No, really, generally. You know, of our moments, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's generally
0: amazing. I'm just gonna fire through some of these fan questions, if that's alright. Yeah. And then I'll let you get on with your day. Uh. <laughs> Dare Royal said. What's your favourite Beatles album and why? Sergeant Pepper Um,
1: Why? Because for me it was a kind of uh, creative high point of the Beatles where you know they were kind of quite otherworldly really I think on a musical level Uh, a lot of people say they weren't the best songs, probably weren't but I think the kind of atmosphere and the positivity and the vibe of it is just kind of unparalleled really to anything
0: else. Favourite bass line to play and one he's most proud of writing from the Libertines that's from Acoustica afternoon.
1: Uh favourite bass line. Um yeah you get you get kind of certain bass lines which you're kind of like, ah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that that little bit. That's pretty good good idea. Um and you have them in certain songs. Um, I don't really have a one particular bass line, but I have parts of songs which I kind of, I think it's kind of does the job really. And, uh, and um, yeah, I think they're good. You know, um, I always like, um, okay, I, I, like, I like coming up with bass lines uh more and more really i love i love bass um i think like it's quite interesting to um to see like uh how uh brian wilson from uh from the from the beach boys you know he kind of he'd have harmonically um different bass lines you know we're not just doing like kind of root root note but you're kind of also doing other notes that wouldn't necessarily be the obvious thing to do, but you know, I think that's quite interesting to play around with that a bit more actually. So um, enjoying it really, yeah.
0: There was a lot of freedom in terms of you know Pete and Carla presenting you with a song and it was up to you to come up with the bassline kind of thing. How did it vary?
1: There were some tunes that um, they'd actually uh, in the first um, album that they had some ideas for bass lines for for, I had bass lines for, um, which I played, um, which were cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the, I think that's the, the Libertines has always been pretty, um, pretty open in that way, you know, for, for people's creative input, um, not the kind of band where you're forced to play anything, you know. Uh, so, uh, which is great because I think some, you know, sometimes you can, you can kind of control it too much. Maybe, you know, you know, you always kind of. I think it's definitely a positive thing to have diverse ideas coming into it. You know, I think if you get someone who's just doing everything on an album could be great, but it does sound a little bit similar. I think you have the same kind of mindset for doing stuff, you know, we're like Gary, for example, he's playing some pretty different kind of beats that, um, you know, a lot of jazzy kind of stuff, you know, that, that, you know, would do it only Gary could, could come up with that, really, you know, his feel or, or whatever. So, um, yeah. So but it's it's good. I think Libertine is very open in that way.
0: Uh Franco Grady asks why did it take four years between the initial reunion at Reading and Leeds? Um and then Hyde Park in twenty fourteen?
1: Um I think um uh, Yeah, my memory's not quite what it used to be. Um But there was definitely a period where I think we did a few gigs before Hyde Park. I'm not 100% about that. But um, it got to a point where it was like, "Ah, actually, this is kind of quite fun doing this. Uh, And then after Hyde Park, it was like, um, it was, uh, yeah, it just felt like, yeah, this is definitely possible. You see the you see the potential and the possibility in it again. Um so yeah, I guess I guess there there wasn't really that uh, feeling of um positivity or um optimism about it before then. I think we had to wait a bit.
0: Yeah, they didn't really ask about the first gig back in in twenty ten or 2009. Like it's obviously on the film but yeah, it's obviously quite a lot of nerves going into it, but how did it differ? Like, or was it the same? Was it like going just fitting back into place kind of thing, that first kick back?
1: Um, I was quite edgy. I mean, I think, um, it was great, a great kick. Um, but it was, um, yeah I think you know it was uh i think you know you see um a libertines gig now uh you you kind of you'd probably get a more kind of like joyful uh feeling at the concert you know kind of just um just enjoyment really yeah i think we, we that's kind of that's been a focus for us, you know, just, just really kind of find that joy in the music. Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe wasn't
0: as much then. Sean Seymour asking quite a few people asked about Yeti, just like if there's any more Yeti stuff coming out, obviously you've got your other band there as well.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, we're doing April Rainer's album. Uh, like we're, we're literally going to, um, meet on saturday and start um recording it um so uh yeah we got some great tunes for it man really really cool if i say so myself um (laughs) that you know i'm just so excited to to get out there it's gonna be brilliant and uh, i've actually kind of recorded um i'm recording it myself um which is uh it's a new thing for me So hopefully I don't delete it all before uh, it (laughs) comes out. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, so um, you've got some amazing songs. Uh, It's going to be really, really cool. Um, Yeah, Uh, Yeti, Yeti. um, Not quite Yeti. Maybe... (laughs) another time yeah i i'd actually i think that could be really really cool to do a yeti uh reunion i think it's gonna happen definitely um so yeah it will definitely happen if it's up to me
0: then yeah it would happen uk sound advice just says did you want to be on top of the pops i don't know if there's a story there or something i don't know
1: do you want to be on yeah of course (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> uh
0: Brad Jack says what's one aspect of Danish life that you think the UK should should adopt?
1: I think the UK could learn a lot from Danish life actually. I think that's a very good good question. Um uh I think uh the um the Denmark's a very kind of uh a uh, um, fair society as uh, where the the rich get taxed a bit more and um and the welfare system's much better much stronger the education system's much better is much better um so it's a kind of positive cycle you know where you know you see denmark is when they, they the UN have this list of who are the happiest countries in the world Denmark's always either at the top or near the top of that uh, and that's because um, because they're being a bit more fair you know and they're being a fairer society to, to everyone and and it's you, you know you kind of you're stronger together aren't you you're stronger when everyone's thinking about the whole not just themselves so Yes, I think I could definitely learn from that.
0: Magnitude Kutchi says, is there any contemporary music that you're into that you'd recommend listening to?
1: Yeah, I've been listening to... We, we were in uh, South America a couple of weeks back and uh, we were playing with Idols. Uh, they're really, really cool. Um band called Black Pumas. They're awesome. Um, yeah um has loads of loads of good bands at the moment actually yeah just can't think of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's there's, um, there's loads of them um dsm4 gabby garber uh band called ice age oh
0: uh, yeah i great. saw
1: this uh you know ice age
0: yeah i like i've enjoyed some of their songs yeah
1: um there's I saw this Norwegian uh, band the other day and they kind of they sound a bit like Rage, Rage Against the Machine. and They were amazing, man. The combos they could. Uh, <laughs> I don't know whether it's good as good on the record, but live they were incredible.
0: Juan Fox says, any favourite venue or town to play back in the day with the Libertines?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you go really right back in the day, we used to play in a place called Filthy McNasties, which was, um, was like an Irish pub in um, in Clerkenwell. And that was that was just great, you know, it was just buzzing, you know. Um, we got paid in Guinness, I think. <laughs> it's uh, it uh, it good times,
0: good times. One more about Yeti from Dale, who just says, why was there a big gap between... Yeti's caved them as the EPs and then the debut album.
1: Um, yeah, it's a good point. Um, I think, um, well, we, we kind of got ripped off by our management, actually, at the time, um, who were kind of turning down record deals, um, unbeknown to us, um. So we're kinda of waiting around for a record deal for ages, like people were trying to give us record deals but they kept on turning them down. Uh and then we found out about it and like, oh fuck, um, we better release our own album and so we did it ourselves. Um, so that's why. Okay. But I think also I don't I think, yeah, in hindsight, you know, I was coming back to, you know, that process of like, you know, in a change in myself, you know, after libertines broke up, I think I kind of really had to um Kind of look back on it now and think, well, actually, it was really good because I kind of changed a lot during that period uh, for the better. So, um so I see it as something positive. That kind of long, hard process, uh, something good, really.
0: And then someone asked about: Is it Jake Goslin who produced the third album? Hmm. He said, "What was it like working?" This Matt on Twitter says, "What was it like working with?" Him and would you take a similar approach for the next album?
1: Um, yeah, um, I actually um, I really enjoyed working with Jake. Um, uh, yeah, would we do it for again? Um, possibly. Um, I think it's also exciting to. Um, Um, to try different producers as well. You know, I think that's also kind of, um, uh, I think they can, you know, like producer can can definitely bring something to the table. So I think, you know, that that could be fun to kind of mix it up and do something different. Uh, We've talked about that. Um, You know, just having like someone with a completely different um, uh, way of doing stuff you know, with different musical background, for example. Um, so, yeah, exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got our own studio now as well. Libertine's got
0: our own studio. Yeah, sorry, Think Frank on Instagram said, have you ever stayed at the Albion rooms? I'm assuming you have.
1: I stayed there recently, actually, with my family. Um, yeah, we did it, it was a couple of weeks back, actually, for the first time It was really, really good actually I was kind of totally surprised it was um, it was actually like awesome yeah it's wicked (laughs) place.
0: is that where the studio is? yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah, it's in the back it's like a really nice studio as well Uh, and I played a gig there as well I played a gig in the the bar a couple of weeks back oh right so I was singing for my supper you
0: know (laughs) or was it just like an acoustic thing?
1: yeah yeah. Ah, cool. My boy came up. My little. He's only. Uh, He's only twelve, but he came up and did a couple of songs with me as well, which has kind of stole the show a bit. <laughs> a bit too good, I think.
0: Was. <laughs> well, was he singing? What were they like? Covers are. Yeah, we did.
1: We did. I'm a believer by the Monkees. Uh-huh. uh yes. We did. There she goes as well by the Lars. Oh, cool. um, but that was great you know, it was a good
0: night and just one more on Twitter from T N E F
1: not key N E F Nut
0: I knew this uh, uh, do you know it no no I don't know you said why did the exceptional Hassle Penned song Sister Sister never get included on a Libertine's album
1: because well no it's, well I don't know actually. Um but it did get included on the Yeti album. It was on our album. Um which sounds pretty good. Um but yeah, you'll have to ask you know, Pete and Cold that <laughs> I,
0: don't <know. laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I suppose just wanted to sum it up like could you can you pick out a high point? Of any time in Libertines? Obviously, a lot to pick from, but.
1: Yeah, I guess, um, yeah. Probably about, um, you know, 2002 or three, you know, just kind of, uh, just like, just generally, just kind of, um, just buzzing off it all, you know, and kind of, um, like I say, kind of, um, uh, you know realizing your ambitions and um and uh you know just just being uh you know suddenly getting to be um getting paid to do something you love you know and um uh yeah no no one thing in particular you know but um yeah um but uh, yeah, just this gets better and better, really.